Welcome to another episode of Expanding Circles, the podcast about everyday origin stories. I'm your host, Jonathan Isaacson. In this episode, we ask the question, have you thought about Kazakhstan? Please welcome my guest, Ms. Carissa Whedon. and welcome to another episode. My guest today is the lovely Miss Carissa Whedon. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining. So, are you, is it going to stay Whedon or are you, are you taking Eric's name? I'm going to be taking Eric's name. Okay, so yeah. Whedon for a few more months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it will be Autry. So, okay. So, let's start off then. Where are you from? Uh, well, I was born in Washington in America, close to Seattle, but I spent most of my high school and college life in Oregon. Where in Oregon? Uh, Salem, Oregon, oh. mostly. Or did you go to Willamette? I did, but only for graduate, for graduate school. Okay. Yeah. So how was growing up in the Salem area? It was good. I moved there when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay, so sophomore. Okay, so up till then, Washington? Yeah, up till then, Washington. Okay. So Washington, Washington was nice because I lived in the Spokane Valley. And so Spokane is kind of this big city, but I was in the outskirts of the city. So it was really calm, very suburban. Um, we could just run around, ride our bikes like all across town. So I had a good time. <laughs> a nice way to grow up. If yeah. You can, if you can, certainly. Okay. So Salem, it's sophomore year of high school? Yep, sophomore okay. year of high school. So a few years in Salem and high school. And how's Salem? Salem was okay. It was so much different than the Spokane Valley. Like, it was um, a lot more crowded from <laughs> um, the Spokane Valley, and it was a lot more spread out. But um, I had a lot more fun. There was a lot more to do in the area. I guess. Yeah. I've I've never been, so I really only heard reports. Yeah. Of of that area. Um, it's beautiful. Like there's so much nature and green, and there's like this nice river that flows through it, and so I I mean that was nice about it. Okay. So a few years of high school in Salem, and where did you end up going to for undergraduate? I went to Western Oregon University, which okay. is about 25 minutes from Salem. Okay, so, so. still so close to home. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very far. <laughs> Okay, so Western Oregon. What were you studying as an undergrad? Uh, I well, actually, I switched my major like five times. So. <laughs> okay. Well, what what were those five things? <laughs> my first one um, was in pre-law. I really wanted to be a lawyer, and then that quickly changed to sociology. I was really interested in helping people, and but in that time, I was volunteering at a local high school, and then I kind of like, oh, I think I want to be a teacher. And I thought, I want to be an elementary school teacher. But after about a year of volunteering at the high school, I was like, oh, I want to be a high school teacher. But at that point in Oregon, everyone basically had to get a master's degree eventually in teaching. So I decided to switch my (laughs) major again and go for just social science so I could be a history teacher eventually. Okay, so social science and then eventually on to get a master's in yeah, education yeah. and be a history teacher. Yeah. Okay, so yet another another person with a history background. <laughs> we have a lot of those running around. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those, because I'm one myself, Daniel, one of our previous guests, Amanda. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they were wow. both history majors as well. So oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Lots of, lots of us who are into history. <laughs> Don as well, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like there's everyone, so many of us. Everyone was, everyone was into history, apparently, so and it, we all ended up in the same places. Not in history. Yep. But okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you get your social sciences degree, mm-hmm. and then what's what's after that for you? Um, 
I was actually really unsure of what I wanted to do next. I knew I wanted to go to grad school, um, but I also knew I wanted to go abroad or see something new. So that summer after I graduated, I just moved to Kazakhstan for a couple months in summer. You just moved. <laughs> yeah, I taught English at this、um, school in the capital in Astana, and it was my first time ever leaving the country. I've never been to Canada or Mexico or anywhere, just Kazakhstan. Okay, so that's that's pretty <laughs> intense first foreign experience. Yep. Yeah, I was the most scared I think I've ever been in my life. Just not because I was scared. To go there, I was just scared about being somewhere where I would be very much out of my comfort zone. So, so how did you end up deciding on Kazakhstan to be that? I was going through this um, program um, where you like teach abroad, and at the time, I was really interested in going to Africa. But the program I was interviewing through through was said, "Oh, our Africa, all of our African schools are full for the summer jobs." And then they're like, "But we would like you to come teach with us." So they're like, "Have you thought about Kazakhstan?" <laughs> have like, you thought about Kazakhstan? And then I said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most people have thought about Kazakhstan very frequently, to be honest. No offense to Kazakhstan, I'm、yeah. sure it's a lovely place, but just not the first place most of us think of. Yeah, and I mean, I had learned about it because in college I studied a lot about like Russian history and the Soviet Union, so I knew that generally where it was and some of its history, but. I had never thought about traveling there, and then I kind of, on a whim, just said, "Okay, I'll go." <laughs> and so you said just a couple months. Yeah, yeah, just from June to August, end of August. Okay, so about three months. Yeah. How is Kazakhstan? It's such an interesting place. I I don't think I've ever been anywhere like. The, in National Geographic, they did a whole article about it, and they called it the Astana, where I was, the most unique or craziest city in the world. And because of the way it's kind of spread out, like it has this very like nomadic feel, where everything's kind of out and spread. But at the same time, the buildings are so amazing and interesting, and they、um, have all these really unique structures, like this big tent, and it's a mall, but it looks like a giant kind of tent. And they have this like building that kind of looks like a spaceship, and it's kind of like a convention center thing. And they have this tree thing that's holding a giant egg, and that's just like a thing you can go up and see. So it's kind of like their version of the Space Needle or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's such an interesting, interesting city, and it's beautiful.、Um, and very everything is lit, like has lights. Like the fences have lights, the trees have lights. So at night everything becomes this like beautiful, like bright. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Colorful city. <laughs> okay, it, it certainly never would have crossed my because I think Kazakhstan, because it's out there kind of in the Central Asian steppes、yeah. and also you think more like like the nomadic traditions.、Yeah. But this capital city obviously sounds very different than that. Yeah, they, their old capital was Almaty, but they after the Soviet Union left, they changed it to Astana, and so they just created this really unique and interesting city. That's I think very unique for them too. But doesn't doesn't Kazakhstan have it's is it gas reserves or something? Yeah, they、like, have lots of oil. Yeah, oil reserves yeah, that are because that's where a lot of the money, I'm sure, came for the buildings. Yeah, and there's this like huge castle-looking building. And for the, almost the whole time I was there, I had no idea what it was. And then finally, one of my students was like, 
oh, it's where we're all trying to get jobs at. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, it's the oil company. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but it's this huge, massive castle kind of looking building. So spent some time in, uh, in Astana, three months, and then back to what? Uh, I moved back to Salem and I ended up getting a job at Walgreens, it's like a drugstore. Right, right, okay. <laughs> I knew I wanted to go to grad school, but I couldn't apply until I think it was like February and it didn't start until June. And so oh, I had all this free time. So, so you had almost about half, almost half a year there? Yeah. So I, was like, apply? I was like, oh, I should just get a job and earn some money and save up for grad school. So there was a Walgreens like five minutes from my house. So I just applied and got hired. <laughs> well, it works for, works for the interim, I suppose. Oh yeah. and. It was nice because it was really easy to go from like sales clerk to and within two months like you were already up at like photo specialist or doing something that wasn't different and my job was always changing. So actually, to be honest, I enjoyed <laughs> my job. Hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with jobs in, in service sector. I mean, yeah. they can be, I've had some weird jobs in my time too and they've been some of the most fun jobs I've done. I wouldn't want to do them for long term. Oh yeah. Absolutely, had a blast doing some of them. Yeah. So, okay. So, okay. So you, you decided on grad school. Yeah. So, cause you wanted to go into teaching, right? Right. So that was still the plan. And so then I applied to Willamette University and got into their grad school and then, yeah, started in, I think it was June or May. I can't remember. Um, and it was the 10 month accelerated course. So same one that like Tracy did. Okay. And, so um, quite, quite a few people. Here. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just spent 10 months learning to be a teacher and I had chosen to study um, becoming a history teacher or social science teacher and then also an English teacher so I did both. So you had both going on so yeah. you have two options. Yeah. Why did you decide to throw the English in there? Actually at the time in Oregon basically I had been told that if you didn't have that you would have a really hard time getting a job because there were so many um, students who where English was their second language and or third of, language. A lot of ESL students, so they had the need to have yeah. that qualification, basically. And so lots of mainstream classes were classes that were like half, you know, students who spoke English as their first language and then half ESL students. And so that because there wasn't enough classes to yeah. support, so it where, just made it easier. Where were all the non, like all the speakers of other languages, where were a lot of them from? Like, Central America, Central South America? America, South America. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mostly in my classes that I had, I had mostly either students from Mexico or El Salvador. And then I also had a couple who were from Russia. But I think that was just their just, family moved. And, but, the, but the majority were Spanish speakers. Yeah, Spanish speakers. So. Okay. So, so you've got your, so you want to do that. And so you do your master's at Willamette and were you planning then to stay in the States and teach originally? Um, it was either stay in the States and stay in Oregon, or I wanted to move abroad. But at the time, I actually had not even thought about teaching at TIU. I knew about it, and I like a lot of other our teachers in my program were applying to that job. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was so focused on wanting to go to either South America or Africa that Japan didn't even pop into my brain yet and it took a while for me to even I was like oh I should do that <laughs> yeah yeah cause certainly I guess the, that was still when there was a uh, the pretty much a 
the pipeline from Willamette to yeah. TIU. Yeah, we were a lot of us were coming from Willamette, right? I think most everybody in my cohort was from Willamette. Yeah, I feel like the, the early folks were all pretty much Willamette, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you originally wanted to either do said South America or Africa. Yeah. Okay. Any particular reason for that, or just? Uh, well, South America. My my best friend in high school's family was from El Salvador, and I just grew up being part of that family. So I really enjoyed, like, I don't know, being with them and their their culture and their food. And so I'd always thought, oh, I would love to just like go to Central America or South America and just learn more Spanish and. Um, yeah, just get to know cultures from the area of the world because I had never traveled there before. So, and then Africa, I've just always been incredibly interested. I took a lot of courses in university mm-hmm. on African history, African art history. So, was, so have you made it to Africa? No, not yet. Still, still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> well, I mean, Africa is a big place, obviously. So, which which parts of the continent are you most interested in going? To? Um, I think probably Southern Africa, like I'd love to see South Africa, um, I'd love to go to Madagascar, in the south. Um, but also I'd be interested in going to Northern Africa, like Morocco, Okay, could be really cool too, so. All right, Those, yeah, yeah I've, I've never been to Africa either, and it's actually one of my my blind spots, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. like in my historical studies, like learning about history, it's like yeah. one of my big blind spots is Africa. Because um, I know a lot more of the Asian history. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of where I know a lot of stuff about. But yet the African history just, I know the absolute basics and that's about it. So Yeah, that's how I feel about the a- our history of Asia. I know very basics of yeah. <laughs> this part of the world. Although that's still probably more than the average American. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, at least, that's at least something to hang your hat on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Um, so then what put Japan on your map? Actually, Tracy, um, <laughs> the teacher here. Also uh, been a guest, so yeah. We, were, we went to grad school together, and so we were in the same program, and so we spent pretty much every day together and when she got this job um, she had heard that they were wanting to hire more teachers they didn't get enough and she was like you should do it and I was like maybe I don't know I, I, I need to think about it and then she kind of forwarded my information on to Gunner who was the kind of head of TIUA mm-hmm. and so because of that um, we got in contact, and he was like, he called me several times just to like talk, which was really nice because I had so many questions. But of course, you're moving to a new country and starting a new job, and I had not really heard anything about it outside of, you teach in Japan. <laughs> I was like, well, what kind of teaching, you know? And so then I eventually submitted my application and um, had an interview, and it went well, and got offered the job, and said yes. <laughs> And I was so excited. Um, well, yeah, without Tracy, I don't think I would have pushed myself to do something that was outside of my comfort zone, but I'm really glad I did. So I thank her a lot for that. Well, <laughs> it's good to have good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they know what's best for us without us realizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really uh, true. Okay, so, and so you've been here how many years now? This is my fifth year. Fifth year, okay. Yeah. So... I must like it. <laughs> I keep something around. <laughs> something's going right, apparently. Something's yeah. going right. So, what do you like about it? 
Um, I just really enjoy like our teaching schedule. I enjoy the students. I enjoy. I love how this school I get to teach classes with students who are learning English as a major and are Japanese or maybe from other places. And then also I get to teach classes where they're international students. I think that's kind of unique. Yeah, I mean, the U, I think the E track is certainly a nice balance. Yeah. To the to the the J track, I mean, nothing wrong with the J track, but yeah. it's nice to have a, a different a change of pace. Yeah, certainly. I like that. Yeah, my schedule has lots of different classes, and and also every year you can change it if you want, you know, and try something new. Like mm-hmm. I've taught almost every E track class except for AC two now, and I like that I get to try new things and challenge myself. <laughs> good, good, yeah. yeah. And so. You've been here for your fifth year. You're in your fifth year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plan on sticking around a little longer? One more year. One more year? One more year. So I think my contract will end August of 2019. Okay. So, yeah, one more year. So what's beyond? Any I'm thoughts? not sure. <laughs> I'm getting married right this summer. And right. so I think, yeah, it'll depend on how we are feeling. I mean, a year out is still a long time, but... It'll either be moving to Washington, because at the moment, both of our families live in Washington. So my parents moved back from Oregon to Washington, mm-hmm. and Eric grew up in Washington. Or we'll go somewhere new, <laughs> like South America. <laughs> that would be finally get, get there, as you've been hoping to for a while. Yeah, so it'll just kind of depend, I guess, on what we want to do and where we're at and how easy it is to get a job, I think. <laughs> yeah, that certainly is yeah. a, a major consideration. Yeah. No. If you were to go back to Washington, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, probably teaching. Um, at the moment, I would have to relicense because mm. Washington I ha- don't have a license for. So, um, you know, every state has a different license. So. I'd have to do that really quick and then, which I don't think would be too hard. I think I just have to pass like three tests. And then hopefully I would get a job teaching ESL and history. That so would be ideal. In the high school setting, you think? Or yeah, or middle school. High school, middle school? Okay. Yeah, I don't really, either one would be okay. Um, but I think it'd be nice to, I don't know, change, change it up a little. But it probably will be a very huge difference in classroom management, style, I'm lesson sure planning. It would be. <laughs> I'm sure it would be because I'm sure American junior high school students are kind of different than Japanese university students. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. In a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it'll be a really maybe difficult first year back. <laughs> but hopefully you could make the adjustments and fall into a, a nice routine after that. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind me asking... Yeah. Where, how did you and Eric meet? Ah, we met, actually, we first met at TIUA because I was teaching with a couple other teachers at TIUA for 10 months before moving here. And Eric was in the Peace Corps at the time, but he had got this job while in the Peace Corps, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so he came back for a couple weeks and worked at TIUA just for a couple weeks. And so we met there and we all became fast friends you know, and then moved to Japan together, still friends, and then 
yeah, just kind of slowly progressed into something more than friends. And <laughs> and now you guys are going to be married soon. Yeah, so and so it couldn't have worked out that. better. Thanks. Well, yeah. uh, you guys seem to have a good time together, and that's important. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely best friends, I think. And I think it helps that you start as friends first sometimes. So, For sure, yeah, it certainly yeah. can work well that way. Yeah, no. so. worked for us. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Glad to hear it. So <laughs> I think that's kind of what the questions I'd like to ask. Mm. So um, it's been an interesting talk. I'm glad we could sit down and do this. Yeah. So thanks. thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thanks. So thank you very much. And that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions for myself or any of my guests, we have an email account. You can send questions and comments to expandingcirclespodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. One more time, that's expandingcirclespodcast at gmail.com. So we're back after a bit of a lull. What can I say but midterms? Hopefully I can pick up the production schedule pace and get episodes up more regularly, but I make no promises. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, and keep listening. I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and that's what I know. <laughs>